Good morning. Good morning and welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, um, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ, living out God's love, we're transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Got a couple announcements for us. One of them is right after the service, Juliana is going to be in the Fellowship Hall, blood pressure checks. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we have hand and foot coming up January 17th at 2 p.m. And uh, more information, contact Marsha Millar or Karen Moore. Okay, your name's in there. <laughs> That's fun when people get signed up for things they didn't get signed up for, right? That's a good day. Uh, church office will close at noon on Thursday. Senior options um, coming up on the 24th. Also, I don't know, I know it's here because I just read it. Um, but day timers will not meet this week. We're taking a break on Wednesday. And that's simply because I'm in a pastor's covenant group with a bunch of other pastors in our presbytery. And we're getting together and praying for you all and encouraging one another. Anything else? Yes, annual congregational meetings coming up at the end of the month. And be inviting people on Saturday night. Um, if you have any grandkids, kids, anybody that needs to experience church not as church is normally as experienced, it starts with a meal. We, we worship, we study the word, we break off into small groups and eat dessert. And that's delicious. Um, I think that's it for the announcements. Let's stand up and greet each other with a holy fist bump. Just because there's still some colds flying around. I like the sound of that, right? The sound of fellowship is a beautiful sound. Would you please stand with me for this morning's call to worship? Our call to worship comes from Psalm 138, and I will be reading it first couple verses in the King James Version. Nope, you don't have to stand up. I think you can just hang out, right? You've earned the rest. I will praise thee with my whole heart. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth. Let's sing to our God who gives us truth.
to welcome Carlina up to the front, and she's going to give us a praise report from Operation Christmas Child 2023. So I just wanted to um, give us a, give you a little bit of an update on Operation Christmas Child. As you know, we were we were um, a drop off location again this year, back in November. And um, just to also let you know, our church is part of the South Orange County team, even though we're the north farthest northern church on that team. There's ten churches that um, that collect during National Collection Week. So we are, one, we are one of 10 churches on the South Orange County team. So this year, our church collected, and this is from the, the public at large. We were in room five, and anyone and everyone could walk in and drop off a shoebox. So this year, or this past November, we collected 2,233 shoeboxes. That's pretty good. Um, by comparison, last year we did 2,117, so we were a little bit up, which was good. Um, as, a, as a church, um, just our church alone, out of those shoeboxes, we contributed 318 of those shoeboxes. So again, so really, really good job. Um, I don't have the photos to show you, but if you look in uh, January's Covenant Call, there's some really nice photos of all of our volunteers and, you know, everyone, and, and, and a few of our, our, what we call our donors, the people that drop off the shoeboxes. So we, got, we have some photos of us praying with them. Oh, there we go. Sideways. Sideways, they came up. Okay, so there you go. Okay, there's Carter helping out. Thank you, Philip. We got him going. Oh. <laughs> There's, uh, okay, so, and I want to say something, if we can stop on here. There's Dwayne. Dwayne single-handedly drove all 143 cartons of shoeboxes up to Huntington Beach. He did that. He's not here today. But he, he would come, load up his truck. His truck holds 22 cartons. And each carton holds about, let's say, 15 shoeboxes. So during that week, he made, I think it was seven trips up to Huntington Beach to, to drop off the, the carton. So big shout-out to, to Dwayne. He did a really, really good job. Um, we have another photo. So there's, that's just um, a photo of just, you know, a few of, the, like I said, it was 143 shoeboxes that we, um, I mean, 143 cartons of shoeboxes that we did. So that's just a, a photo of how we stack them up in the fellowship hall and label them, and each one has to be labeled with the number of shoeboxes in the carton. Did that. And let's see. There we go. There's Mary. There's Kathy Byrne, who was a huge help. She was my co-pilot that week. She, if I wasn't able to be there, she was, she was running the show. We've got Tim and Edson, who volunteered. And there we, there we are. Uh, prayer is such an important part. So we were praying. The lady on the left with the sunglasses, um, she's from uh, Grace Fellowship Church, and she Every year, she's faithful. She brings shoeboxes not only from her church, but she packs hundreds on her own, just in her home. So there we are. We're praying with her, Jane and Kathy. 
Yep, there we are. There's, the, there's Rob, <laughs> me. <laughs> Rob is a huge help. Rob, Robbie, and Carter all help me out. And there we go. I can't see. Bless you. Um, that's Unetta and Jane. There we are. We're there. And those ladies next to me, they're on, on my, our team, the South Orange County team. And they came and they dropped off some shoe boxes. There we are praying again. There's Kathy and Pat. Oh, um, I just want to let you know, um, I have a friend who works for the Fountain Valley Police Department, and her, uh, she gets her, her uh, department to pack shoe boxes each year, too. Yeah. So I went and picked those up. And there's, uh, there's another donor next to me. There's Pat, Kathy. Anyway, so it was a great week. Um, Like I said, I just want to thank, I'm going to read some names here. Jane Bates, Edson Bacamani, Dick Clark, Mary DeSilva, Tim Illick, my family, Carter, Rob, and Robbie, Unetta Pickett, Doris and Pat Thompson, and Tara Ewan. You guys were awesome volunteers. Thank you, thank you so much, because it, it, yeah, can't, it's a, it's a lot of prayer, it's a lot of actual physical work, too. So, um, but if you're interested for this November, please see me. We're hopefully we're going to do it again and keep collecting the shoot boxes. So thank you.
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves. Where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood the place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, nothing worth more that will ever come close nothing can compare you're our living hope your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone in your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood the place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness.
Probably all know this is the Martin Luther King Celebration Weekend. And so I wanted to go into our time of confession with kind of a prayer that Martin Luther King wrote, um, kind of modifying a few scriptures. Come unto me, all ye that are laborers, beat down and burdened down because of the problems of modern life. Come unto me, and I will give you rest that will carry you through the generations. I will give you a peace that the world can never understand. My peace I leave with you, not as the world giveth, but a peace that passes all understanding. God grant, if we discover this, we will be able to live amid the tensions of modern life. Scripture tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, yet we are justified by the gift of God's grace through the redemption that is ours in Jesus Christ. Trusting in God's mercy, let us confess our sin. God of peace, you command us to love one another and live in peace with our neighbors. Yet because of our closed minds, prejudice, and suspicion of difference, we frequently choose violence and war. We discriminate against minorities and the marginalized. We suppress basic human rights. We contribute to conflict among ethnic and religious groups. Empower us by your spirit to embrace one another and walk peacefully together. In your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Martin Luther King once commented about the Berlin Wall, reminding listeners that God's people were on both sides of the wall. We want to remember that in our daily lives, whether the walls we encounter are actual walls, fences, city, state, or county lines, or walls in our hearts. Then we can help to fulfill his dream that all people will come together in unity so that people are treated equally, fairly, and respectfully, and we can be part of it. Our righteousness is found in Christ alone, a gift of God by faith. Beloved people of God, believe the good news Through the grace of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and are sent out of here as changed people. Thanks be to God.
morning. Thank you very much, Brian. And instead of moving this stuff around, I'll preach from right here. As everybody can see me still, yeah? 
Okay, excellent. We're in a series on 1 Corinthians, Shelter from the Storm. And this is the lectionary text for this Sunday um, out of Corinthians. And if anybody needs to know what the lectionary is, come and talk to me afterwards. Um, but one thing that's really encouraging is there's, there's churches all around the world studying this scripture. Um, another good thing about this, the lectionary is it causes the pastor, the, yeah, the pastor to deal with texts that normally aren't preached on. Um, and so this is one of these difficult texts. And so the text itself is PG-13. Um, but my sermon is PG. I was going to put that in my, in my uh, email this week just to see how he does it. You know, like, um, there used to be a pastor up in Long Beach, and he would preach uh, through the alphabet. Every Sunday, he would, he, he, would, like he would start January A, three A's, B, C, and people would come, what's he going to do with X? <laughs> what, what's he going to do with Z? You know, like, what, what's going to, you know? Uh, and I, I was going to throw that in the email just to see, what, what, what is this guy going to do with this, this text that's obviously PG-13 bordering on R? Um, and I tell you, I wrote three different sermons, and the first two were bordering R. <laughs> But then I discovered something, and I'll, uh, and I'll show you what that is. Um, that's enough of me talking, right? Let's read scripture. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 12. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach, and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said that two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, preach through me. Preach through me, Lord. May my words be quickly forgotten. May the words coming from you change us. 
challenge us, encourage us, draw us closer to each other and draw us closer to you. And all God's people said, okay, okay. What set me, what kicked me over the edge was those quotes. There's quotes in this text. Did you notice that? Right towards the beginning. And those quotes were sayings that were floating around Corinth. Paul is writing, once, I, once again, Paul is writing to this church in Corinth, and Corinth is like Vegas, but on steroids. And it's a dark, dark place, but it's also an amazing place because the church there has this deep, deep understanding of grace. And he's, he's writing this letter, and he's describing shelter from the wildness of life. And he's inviting each of his readers, and that includes us, to come in from the storm and find solace in the gospel of Jesus the Christ. Um, what are those sayings that are flo- floating around this, this, this town, Corinth, that Paul is dealing with? First one, he, he repeats it twice. Everything is lawful. Everything's lawful. That's floating around this town in Corinth. What's the second one? That's what it's made for. That's what it's made for. Paul's addressing these two sayings, these two slogans that are floating around Corinth. Um, And the first one, everything is lawful. What's his, what's his, what's his response to this? And what is everything is lawful mean? It's similar to kind of what's being kind of proclaimed today. Freedom equals not answering to anyone. Freedom equals life. Like if, if we're truly free, then we'll be, truly be alive. Right? Okay. Is that true? No, it isn't. <laughs> it was a 50 50 chance, Jane. I love you. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no, it is. Um, he deals with that particular point in other places. In other places, Paul talks about how we are absolutely free, but not everything is beneficial. And he drills down in other places, but he moves on to a second point. But before I, I move on to his second point, I just want everyone to remember where Paul has dealt with this in other places where um, people are eating food sacrificed to other gods. And Paul says, absolutely, you can eat whatever you want, but don't cause your brother and sister to stumble. Does anybody remember that? He doesn't, he doesn't drill down on that first point because he's really moving towards his second. Because he's tagging on this idea that not everything is beneficial. And he's carrying that into his second rebuttal to the slogan that's floating around. That's what we're made for. The culture of Corinth was saying, 
We were made for all kinds of wrong things. And if you flip on your television, you'll find that similar message today. Paul says, we are not made for this. And that's what the PG-13 in the R section is, contains, is the darkness that people bring, what we were made for, is extremely dark. And it's really, it's dangerous. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? There are things that are claiming to be solutions that will only lead to death. That's what Paul's talking about. There are substances, there are ideals, there are ways of living that claim to be the way, but if you follow them, they lead to very, very dark places. And what does Paul say about that? He says, you experience that, you run. You flee. You start to sense that darkness of a solution, that, of a thing that claims to be a solution, that isn't a solution, that is going to take you further away from truth. You run. Now, here, who in here has ever used... Um, it's a difficult question to, to pose. Who in here has ever used a certain item or tool to do something it wasn't designed to do? <laughs> Lloyd? <laughs> Lloyd's like, okay, I'll, I'll admit to that. Uh, my first roommate at... Biola University was a guy named Joe Gill, and this was right at the beginning of computers. And he was one of those IT guys that worked at Fry's or Best Buy. I don't even know if Best Buy was around yet, but uh, he, he was one of those that answered calls and answered questions. And he told me about this one time. <laughs> this woman had called in and she said, uh, the cup holder on my computer is broken. And Joe says, well... Your computer doesn't really come with a cup holder. <laughs> and she said, no, there's this little button, and this tray comes out. It was, she was describing a CD drive, you know, like with... <laughs> and she said, I put a cup in it, and it snapped right off. <laughs> we, and some of them aren't that funny, you know? Like, sometimes you could get really hurt trying to use things for what they're not designed to do. Um, Paul says we were made for two things in this passage. God made us for two things in this passage. He narrows it down. He simplifies it. When somebody says we were made for this, unless it's one of these two answers, you, sh you should respond out loud. No, we're not. Because this is shelter from the storm. This is going back to ground of meaning things. 
This is going to back to why? Why did God make me? Why did God make you? And it also it teases out and it, it brings out what's beneficial, right? When something is doing what it was designed to do, it sings, right? Last, last week, I asked Cornell right at the beginning of the service, is it fun to be that good? And he's got the same smile right now. <laughs> it is, right? It is. And God isn't a killjoy. God designs us to work a certain way, and if we do that, it's the opposite of killjoy. It's you're firing on all cylinders. You're doing what you were designed to do. What, was he, what were we designed to do? We were, te- we were designed to be temples of the Holy Spirit. We were designed to be temples of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, we were designed to contain that. To hold that. Notice, it's a gift from God himself. I get Paul, like I get a a visual of Paul handing Donna and me, the Holy Spirit. You don't do anything. I give you this. You were designed to hold the Holy Spirit. To be a temple. For the Holy Spirit. What's the next thing? Oh, actually, I'll go to the application of that right there. How do you apply? How do you, how do you be a good temple for the Holy Spirit? And I've said this before. What makes someone a spiritual person? They talk about the Spirit. We just sang... Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. That's a step in becoming a good temple for the Holy Spirit. You could walk out here and that's, you could, that's, a, that's enough for a week. Say that every morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Right? Who in here has... A friend, a family member, or um, just you know someone that has a certain sports team themed room. <laughs> right? What's the team? Michigan State. Michigan State. Anybody else? Miami Dolphins. That's bizarre. Was, it, was, it, was that with uh, Dan Marino? That was, yeah, the Packers. Yeah, I lived in Michigan, and I, 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 I've experienced a bunch of Michigan State rooms. I've experienced a bunch of, I've experienced probably more Packers rooms than any other football thing. Maybe the Chiefs, just because my family, my dad's family, was from Independence, Missouri, which is right next to Kansas City. So there's a lot of Chiefs rooms in the Griffiths fan family. Um. That's just another way that we are good temples for the Holy Spirit. But 
instead of picturing a room, picturing your, picture your life. You have a Holy Spirit-themed life. You talk and you listen to the Holy Spirit. Francis Chan wrote a book, Forgotten God, and I think that title is an amazing title and a challenge to each of us. How often have you said, Holy Spirit, come? How often have you mentioned the Holy Spirit? What's the other thing that we were designed to do? You are not your own. You are not your own. When I first read that, I kind of, I feel... I don't think Paul means it the way that we often hear that. I don't think he means that as transactional. I think he means that as an empowerment. I think he means that as a truth that when we discover it, lets life really live through us. Um, Do you remember WWJD? What would Jesus do? I have a correction to that. Because Jesus was a home builder. Um, King James labeled it carpenter. Um, but since I've, I've visited the Holy Land, there aren't that many trees. And most home builders are actually masons. And so... What would Jesus do? Jesus, by profession, was a mason. He would probably build you something. He'd probably build you a wall or a pool. Maybe not a pool. (laughs) I think the real question, but it wouldn't fit on the wristband, is what would Jesus do with your life if he had your life to do it with? Do you follow that? I, heard a bu- I saw a bunch of people say, I, well, that wasn't English. <laughs> what would Jesus do with your life if he had your life to do it with? We have a bunch of retired teachers in here, right? What would Jesus do with you as a retired teacher if he had you to do it with? What would Jesus do if he had me to go to the mundane? I'm, I'm talking the mundane, like regular life. If he had my life to do it with, what would it look like for me to walk into Trader Joe's and buy groceries for the week? Does everybody follow that? Jane says no. <laughs> I'll just keep hanging out there then. It's asking the question, what has God given me talent-wise? What has God given me passion-wise? What, would, what has God equipped me with um, the skills? Taking that and asking the question, what would Jesus do if I handed that back to him and he got to live through me? What would it look like if Jesus was living through me 
as I taught somebody something? What would it look like Jesus living through me as I was driving to go pick up my grandkids? Did you get that, Jane? Okay, good. Um, and the application is, it just compounded, right? We now know what's beneficial. And we know now what it would look like to be good temples of the Holy Spirit. And so, I think the only application left is to take the grace that we have been given and live it out in our own specific design. Robbie, like I said last night, live it out as a lighting crew and cameraman for a television show. Um, Donna, live it out as a mother and a grandmother and a passionate horse, horse rider. <laughs> live it out in your retirement communities. Live it out in your workplaces Live it out your design because you have given your life. Right? You are not your own. I've seen y'all. And I want to encourage you, you're doing it. But we can always this side of the this side of the kingdom triumphant. We can always let God more and more into the nooks and crannies and have us, um, have Him remind us of our own design given to us by Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord, precious Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, open the pathways of conversation between each of us and us collectively. May we become better and better temples for you, Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, you did purchase us. Please use us as you've designed us to be used. And all God's people said, let's stand and sing of the amazing grace of God.
As we continue in worship, we get the, the chance to be a part of God's adventure through our tithes, gifts, and offerings. This morning's tithes, gifts, and offerings are now received. Please be seated. I am not Amy. Amy had a caregiver situation, so I'll be doing our pastoral prayer. And before that, I would just like to um, thank you once again for coming through in a big way. We were going to end last year, it looked like, in the, in the red, but we ended up ending in the black. And God is faithful, and so are y'all. So I'm just I'm praising God for you each and every one of you. And there's another good praise report is Buzz is back home. He was at Tahoe, and then he was at the place that Flagship turned into. I forget the name of it. But he was there for 30 days, a month outside of his own bed. But he came home yesterday. 
And um, we're praising God for that. And I visited him a couple times last week, and it was interesting. It's, it's just, he's got that, that truth of he knows he's loved by God, and he's going to be here as long as God wants him to be here. And obviously God wants him to be here for something. And so he's, let's just praise God with buzz right now. Um, please pray with me. God, I just praise you for bringing buzz home. I praise you for working in and healing Elaine as she's on the mend. I thank you for mending Karen. and I pray that you would speed up that process. I pray that um, you continue to be with Keith, continue to be with Mike as he recovers, and as Donna goes into surgery this week. I pray that you would be... Um, be present. Use the nurses, use the doctors. Heal. We continue to pray for our sister Terry, um, our sister Patty, and as Mary um, continues on her journey and has done another lap around the sun this week, I, we praise you for her and this family. Pray that you would continue to restore Dusty. Continue to walk with him. We praise you for him and the band and him keeping perfect time even though he's struggling. As this is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, we can't help but long for the day When people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation will gather around your table and praise you. We pray that in the meantime, this side of the veil, I pray that you would set up your kingdom in and through us. Help us to love all peoples. Help us to, by your spirit, drop all walls. Help us to celebrate one another's cultures and love one another completely as you have loved us. I pray for the your world as the many wars Continue. We pray for your peace somehow, some way. As the many are hurting, pray for your healing. As we think of people that you've placed in our path, that you've called us to love. Help us love those, those people. As this new year is fresh, 
I pray that you would equip and enable us to scrape away the things that are dragging us down and live through us as you've designed us to be in a new and fresh way in 2024. We pray all this and we pray the prayer you taught us through your son, Jesus the Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand with me and sing our concluding hymn. I will sing of my Redeemer.
think there's some people over here who are applying my sermon right away. Did you hear the, there was like a little delay. You guys were singing like you were designed to sing. I'd never heard your version though. Uh, it was singing, it was singing, it was sing, 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 sing. There was something going on over there, I don't know. Is it supposed to be there? Well, that's fun. That's the way it's designed to be. You guys are firing all cylinders. Like I said, you're applying the sermon. That's A+. For now, let's receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the shalom, may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which the world can't explain, Will that peace guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, forevermore? Let it be so. Amen. Amen.